Vida Abu Productions welcomes you to the BE Podcast, a weekly podcast for the church dedicated to discussing theology for everyday life. Join in the conversation with Pastor Jonathan Gallardo and Henry Cruz. Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Gallardo, I'm the pastor of Vida Abundante Cicero, and I'm with Henry Cruz. Welcome back to our podcast on Theodicy. We hope that you've been listening throughout this entire season what we've been discussing about theodicy we have some great news first of all before we get started some great news that we would love to invite all of you listeners there might be two or three of you out there but whoever's listening we just opened up a twitter account and the handle for that is vida english pod that's vida english pod no underscore no numbers no Nothing fancy, just at Vida English Pod. And what we'll do there is have some moments of engagement with the with the audience, if it's three, four, or maybe a yeah. hundred of you guys, where we'll later ask questions like what do you what topics do you guys want us to discuss? Uh, certain maybe pressing questions that you guys might want answers and just have some fun online uh clean fun yeah polls polls and stuff like that uh because even today i'm I'm pretty interested on first of all i want to kind of want to know two things and we'll see if if the the twitter account actually has some traction here and we'll actually see how many people are listening yeah so this is going to be a good measure of it so we'll start off with something fun and uh there's two questions here that i really want to kind of dissect with the with the people that are listening first of all uh who's gonna win the world cup we're okay. in world cup season and uh that's on everybody's mind well at least on a lot of uh soccer fans mind yep. so uh pastor henry any thoughts on that man uh, i want the usa to win no i'm just kidding i i think out of all the teams in the games i've seen france looks really good um but i'm hoping argentina you Somehow want Argentina to win. Bounces back and Messi gets. Didn't they get destroyed? Yeah, they they didn't get destroyed, but they lost to a team they shouldn't have lost. Shouldn't they have won like yeah. that first game? Yeah, they should. Okay, have won that so I, I have no, I don't know anything about soccer, so I'm just gonna go for um, the ones with the best colors. I like white and black, and that's Germany, I think. Oh yeah, Germany. So yeah. Um, those are my favorite colors. Well, you're a Spain fan too. I'm a Spain fan, but I, I don't like their colors. It's like red and yeah. yellow. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I don't, I'm not cool with that. So black and and white, that's pretty dope. Uh, so I'm going for. Rooting for for Germany, Which I hope they also get, lost too. They did surprisingly wow. to Japan, but so yeah, I hope I don't get any hate on that. Yeah. So let us know in uh, Twitter if you're following us on Twitter at Vida Vida English Pod. Let us know who you think is going to win, and because I, you know, this is this podcast is going to get released during Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Um, I know that you're a big uh, cooking guy, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe a lot of people don't know that about yeah. you, but you love to cook, but. Uh, I have I always have this this conundrum during Thanksgiving because some of my family likes the typical Latino dish. Yeah. And I want turkey, mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese and stuffing. That's my kind of Thanksgiving. So, first of all, what what's your type of what's your favorite food on Thanksgiving? Yeah. For me, it's if you're not having turkey, then what are you you doing? Yeah. Yeah, Why why even celebrate Thanksgiving? (laughs) Why take the time to eat dinner that day? Just starve. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, for me, I'm turkey as well. Like I have to have turkey. It's really the only time of year other than like a sandwich that I actually eat turkey. So, yeah. Well, that there it is. uh, We're going to I don't know if we could do that as a poll or a quite. Well, you'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how we do that. But we're going to see who uh, chooses a 
more predominantly Latino or cultural, if you're not Latino, cultural dish rather than the traditional turkey, yeah. gravy, and all that yeah. other good stuff. I can't wait for Thursday. Yeah, man. I want it. my mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, let's get started now on a serious note. Yeah. We're going back to our final episode on theodicy, and this episode is going to basically discuss the the problem or mainly the result of secularization mm -hmm. of theodicy or the elimination of God. Yeah. We've discussed several of the alternatives and options on what theodicy we, we take and how we, we could be better th uh, theologians per se and yeah. think about God with this whole concept of the problem of evil. What we've seen in the past, I would say century, century and a half, is this concept of secularization and, and you know that's just a technical term to say to 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 tell people that the majority of the people now especially like if we just condense it down to the united states this was in the 17th 18th century a predominantly christian nation right. or at least theistic nation yeah some of our founding fathers just to clarify they were not christian right. they were deists yep. but they, uh, you know, they came and they had this notion about God. And so a lot of the stuff that happened in the, in the New England territory that was, you know, it was Christian driven or godly driven, had the mind of God with them. But now in 21st century, yeah. we've seen completely the opposite. And, and we see that even within church people, church kids that go to college, they lose their faith. And we talked about deconstruction before. So the, that's kind of the evidence of secularization. So now we live in a society that is basically secularized and has shifted away from biblical Christianity. And the doctrine of original sin had then to be removed. Mm -hmm. and, and that has to be clear for a lot of people because when you remove original sin from a from a core doctrine within humanity, right. you leave the door open to a lot of things. And, and so basically, as secularization grew, we spoke about some Enlightenment philosophers like John Jacques Rousseau, who uh, was famous for writing this, this little letter called Emile. And he basically argues that everyone is born innocent mm -hmm. in the state of innocence and so to counteract that a lot of theologians like you know calvinistic theologians like edwards began to revive this strong uh essence of calvinism that revived augustinianism because rousseau by claiming innocence or innocence from birth right. meant you know, he was kind of falling back into the Pelagian right. heresy uh, by claiming that you were innocent at birth. So these resurgence in both negative and positive aspects became to the forefront because people like Edwards uh, were astonished. And I read, I don't know if you've read Freedom of the Will by Edwards. No. Have you read that? No. And he wrote another small little track called Original Sin. He, uh, he was completely amazed i like what he writes in order to co combat what he calls delusive optimism regarding human nature that was sweeping the whole western world he wrote a whole tract wow. on the freedom of the will mm -hmm. and then basically told people what your freedom chooses right. and it's basically evil so Prior, I mean, before we move forward on secularization and the, you know, the Calvinistic voice that mm -hmm. comes up in this, I mean, we're not here arguing for Calvinism, but it's a 
return to that core doctrine of original sin? What are some dangers then that we face right. when we remove original sin from the equation? Yeah, I, obviously the, the biggest danger is, you know, you don't see a need for a savior. Um, so it eliminates the sacrifice of Christ. It dilutes it for sure because it, it loses its power when, when you, when you, when you devalue sin, but, but more than that, it gives this idea of, of our works are good. Like, like, mm. so the, the, the biggest issue, you know, you know, theologically is, is that, you know, the, the work of Christ, but, but even like practically people grow up with this mindset of I'm a good person. Like mm. I don't do, you know, I don't really do evil things. My heart's not wicked. Um, which is the, the biggest deception mm. that we see in the 21st yeah. century. And then it escalates. And I know that this won't be popular, but, we become the moral standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the reality of it. I, I find it interesting, you know, many atheists today are very upset with, you know, even like the transgender movement um, and things like that. But at the end of the day, and they're upset because again, morally, or, or not so much morally, but logically, mm-hmm. they don't like this idea of, you know, people defining what they want to be because logically it doesn't make sense to them. But in my mind, it's like, but that's their utopia. Mm-hmm. This is what you wanted. You, you've argued for years that humans are the best moral standard yeah. for, for anything. And so, well, now we're living it yeah. where, where now I this can This is the be, result. Yeah, this <laughs> is the result of, of even, I would argue, you know, the educational system uh, pushing for this. So for me, that ultimately practically becomes the biggest issue because humans become the moral standard and when we're the moral standard yeah the 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 reality is is i'm just living what i think is best for me what i think is right but we do it with this understanding that we have the best intention for Mm -hmm. humanity the reality is we don't we're not we're not looking to please others in in our condition we're Mm -hmm. looking to please ourselves which is the sinful thing it's that's what what sinfulness does and so again yeah when you combine this idea of i'm good i have the right morality the reality is then you see yourself in less in need of Mm -hmm. a god and in less in need of a savior Mm -hmm. and so that's where the issue um for me comes in you know theologically with this denial of of original original sin sin. and uh keep in mind theodicy if you haven't listened to our previous podcast theodicy is this uh justification of god in the midst of an evil world so we're we're talking about evil Mm -hmm. and and the concept of evil but the more the world becomes secular or mm-hmm. shifts away from 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 God, then the the bigger problem evil is because how do you answer then right. evil in the world if there is even no notion of a good just God? And this is what Edwards was talking about when he when he writes a lot about this. He he sees that the world is shifting over into what he calls a, a new moral philosophy. Mm-hmm. And the results of this new moral philosophy, then he says, our our world becomes empty. Mm-hmm. Like there's really nothing to fight for if right. everything revolves around you. We don't know how to think about meaning or purpose because re- really, what is meaning and what is purpose if God doesn't exist? Uh, we don't make sense of good and evil right. again. Where who's measuring the yeah. standards of good and evil? And the pain. This is for me one of the biggest. I guess negative effects of, of secularization, which is the pain of evil is becomes more disorienting. Mm. Like how do you 
cope yeah. or deal with the pain of evil, especially when it inflicts you and or a family member. So these are these are you know dangerous uh, outlooks on a society that has shifted away from God by primarily erasing mm-hmm. this original sin. I want to read to you something that I read from. Um, from Voltaire, remember that old yeah. Enlightenment philosopher Voltaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's cunning, man. He's re- I don't I can't read too much of Voltaire because I get confused. But his poetic uh, structures are amazing. So here's a little poem that he writes. This is within a bigger context, but this section says, and I'm quoting here Voltaire. But how conceive a God supremely good? who heaps his favors on the sons he loves, yet scatters evil with a large hand. What eye can pierce the depth of his designs? From that all perfect being came not ill, and came into from no other, for he is Lord, yet exist, O stern and numbing truth, O wondrous mingling of diversities, a God came down to lift our stricken race, he visited the earth and changed it not. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, I probably completely annihilated how he meant for it to be read. It's a poetic structure, but He's basically pointing out what a lot of Enlightenment philosophers, Mm -hmm. again, began to wrestle with during this time. God cannot exist because there is too much evil in this world. And so we get into this crisis of secularization, which brings skepticism about God. It is um, deletion or completely pushing away from the creation and fall narrative that we find in scripture, Mm. which evidently then becomes just a myth, right? Especially in in modern society. When you look back at scripture and you talk about Adam and Eve and the famous talking snake, you know, it becomes like, yeah, this is just all myth. So by the time we get to our modernity period, even post-modernity, there's a complete denial of the existence of God because there's no way to wrestle with evil. And so this is what we've been trying to help our people through, how to wrestle with evil or even understand the goodness of God while evil exists. Now, before moving forward on this and um, talking about secularization, what what areas have you seen Mm -hmm. this world and specifically in the church? Because we're going to talk a little bit about the church right now. What areas have you seen become more secular even within the church? Yeah, so again, I I think that because obviously you know Voltaire there in his in his language, you know the the big argument Christ came down at the end mm-hmm. is that's his argument, and even he didn't deal with the problem of evil except he did. Yeah, <laughs> he dealt with the biggest evil that exists, which is sin, and so just because it hasn't been removed fully doesn't mean that Christ didn't accomplish uh, his work on, on the cross. So, but, but I, again, that's the problem with, with this worldview is that the real issue with humans is Mm -hmm. what's considered evil, what's considered sinful. And again, for most people, um, they have an arbitrary view of evil. Mm -hmm. And so they have like, you know, humans tend to change the lines, which is why Mm -hmm. they have an issue with scripture because whatever God has declared as evil, it it stays, you know, as the way the word has expressed it. But so to answer this, this question of, of, for me, what's the biggest issue or what do I see Mm -hmm. is that 
ultimately what the church has done, especially this progressive movement, and we've talked about this before, they, they have a view of a changing God. They have a view of an arbitrary God. So he could call something evil one day and then at, at the same, the next day, change his mind and, and flip it. And this is something that C.S. Lewis argues about in The Problem of Pain, mm-hmm. that, that if we have this notion of, 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 uh, of God who establishes a standard and then changes it, well, then that would be, it would be impossible mm. to keep up with. And that's exactly what the modern postmodern movement has done. The lines just keep changing mm-hmm. to the point where now even, you know, some theologians and even non-theologians have argued we're getting to the day where pedophilia and things yeah. like this are going to, that's going to be the beast- norm. Yeah. yeah. Or bestiality is going to be the norm. And again, because when you have an arbitrary view, that's usually what ends up happening. And so C.S. Lewis argues against this. And in a sense, he's trying to argue why, you know, seeing that God, mm-hmm. even in the midst of evil is still the best solution. And really the reality of it is, and this is going back to what we talked about last time. This is why we believe in as theodicists, as theologians, that ultimately everything works for, for good. Yeah, so even good. the pain, the, the, the suffering that we may go through in this life, the answer to that is, you know, that ultimately God in his sovereignty knows why we needed to go through, why we need to go through and ultimately is for our good. And so Lewis in his book is arguing for Mm -hmm. this, that, that this one standard that God has never changing is better than what we see now, which is this arbitrary view. And so that would be for me, the answer to to your question is that this, the lines just keep changing. Mm-hmm. And that for me is what secularization. Well, you, you're, done. you're, you're arguing in the, in the, in line of, uh, what one writer, his name is Charles Taylor okay. is talking about in his, uh, he writes his book called a secular age. Mm. And he emphasizes again, this concept of humanism, yeah, like humanism before in the 15, 1600s, never exists so he raises this interesting question that's that that or this this concept where he says why in the 1500s 1600s uh everyone had to believe in god like god had to exist but now Mm -hmm. in the 21st century it's like god doesn't have to exist and that concept of not of atheism is kind of inescapable in some sense once you get to college level or or even later on in 30s 40s uh you just realize yeah Mm. this world is just too corrupt for there to ever be a god and so why that happens for charles taylor is because of this concept of humanism where he sees that before in the in the the history of of the world it has never been as prevalent as it is today because humanism has surpassed divinity and has kind of put themselves at the center and he says it goes beyond all human flourishing like that's the goal Mm. to flourish as a human being and to over exceed expectations is what he's arguing for. But again, that eliminates God right. in every sense of the way. And so more and more secularization comes down. And then we get to that final part where this final part of the podcast will, will discuss uh, another modern theologian called Christian Smith. And he write, we, we've talked about Christian Smith in the past. He has this concept of moralistic therapeutic deism where now because of the problem of secularization, the church mm-hmm. has been influenced by secularization. Yeah. And so they've had to bend towards that way of living in order to kind of remain mm-hmm. relevant. And so Christian Smith points out these five key 
uh, articles. I don't know. I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but he basically says God. The, this is kind of the the theology of mm-hmm. a moralistic therapeutic deist uh, that God creates and orders the world and watches over human life. He wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other, as taught in the Bible and most world religions. Uh, he he is central goal of life, or the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. That's a big thing in mm-hmm. this moralistic culture, and it it does not need to be particularly involved in one's life except when God is needed to resolve a problem. So God really doesn't need to exist yeah. until something bad happens, and everybody goes to heaven when we die (laughs) so that's the culture that we live in in this moralistic therapeutic deistic culture that now exists within the church and so we are no longer strangers or aliens to this world this world in the 21st century has become our home right and therefore we've replaced god with self and that's why the Enlightenment philosopher, post-Enlightenment philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, remember when he says that famous quote, God is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, there's no more need for God. We've replaced him. Any final thoughts? Yeah. And again, that's, the, you know, you're, you're talking about churches and church culture. And I think that's the biggest issue with the modern church, that it's shifted away from God to the point where I even think they think they can do God better than God. And that's the result that we're in now. But, you know, going back to something you you mentioned earlier, which I think, you know, is the biggest issue here. When you're going through affliction, if you're the solution and and if you believe this thing that you got to think positive, that you have the power, the power is in your tongue. And again, all this is all moral deistic therapeutic sermons that you hear where where scripture gets used with modern day psychology and it all gets infused and 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 so you're you're now in a hospital bed Mm -hmm. per se and you have this illness whatever it is you know cancer brain tumor and your goal your solution is to bank on that if you just think positive enough exactly. you can get through this or or uh, someone dear to you dies and and you're expected mm-hmm. the pressure that you put on yourself where you're expected to come out of this without god good luck good luck yeah. and, and this is the <laughs> issue this is why you know i know we've quoted this many times but it, but it's why you know joseph says you meant it for evil and you know he felt the pain of that but god meant it for mm. good where's the refuge god mm. uh uh, Paul, you know, three times I prayed and God didn't remove this, but I've learned in my mm. weakness, God is, you know, God is greater. God is stronger. Ultimately for me, it's, you know, you get rid of God in the midst of a world full of problem and the only per- or, or evil and the only person left to find your resource on is you mm. or vices. Where are you going to mm. run for comfort? Uh, and again, if, if you've banked on yourself for comfort in the midst, you know, yeah. just, just think about how silly that sounds. I'm wounded and I'm expected to find comfort in my wounds and, and heal myself. Or just listen to a positive podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and good luck. <laughs> You'll get that. good. At least you, listen to Stephen Furtick yeah, for a little for, bit. For a little bit. Again, that's, that's my biggest issue. You elevate yourself to be above the Lord. And then when you actually need comfort, where are you going to run to? Where are you going to turn to? And and so for me, that this is where this whole argument really falls apart. This notion that we could overcome the problem of evil without God, that, that's for me the, the biggest issue. Yeah. And then our final hope, what is it? You right. know, we will escape this world of evil and we mm-hmm. will meet God 
and live in a society, in a place, in a community, in a kingdom where there is no evil evermore. Thanks for tuning in. We are glad that you're with us. I invite you to follow us in our social networks, on Instagram and on Facebook under the handle Vida Abu Dhabi Church. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Vida Abundante English. Vida Abu Dhabi Church is also our web address. Right there you will find more resources and information about our church. This has been a Vida Abu Productions presentation. See you next time.